Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Well, hey, I'm Chris. I'm the pastor at Compass. As always, I'm thrilled to have you with me. So a couple of years ago, at the beginning of the year in January, Terry and I were feeling like we needed to take our health and fitness a little bit more seriously. So this is, this is like a New Year's resolution thing. Maybe you have a New Year's resolution. Uh, and knowing that this was our year to get in shape, we started researching and looking at our options. So we knew that just getting a gym membership probably wouldn't cut it for us, and that unless we did something together, that we would end up just not doing it at all. So we ended up joining Farrell's Extreme Body Shaping, which is a workout program that had these daily group classes that we could go to. So it was aerobic, physical, punching bags, all of that. And, and just for the record, we did it all wrong. Okay, so at Farrell's, they recommend you come in for a tour and, and then there you take a pre-class where they explain the program and they teach you the basic workouts that you're gonna be doing. And it gives you a chance to dip your toe in the water and see if you like the temperature before you make a full commitment to the whole program. Well, I didn't need to do that. I mean, I did my internet research, right? I didn't need some whole sales pitch. And besides the class, we, we got a late start to this and the class started that night. And I didn't want us to miss the first one. I wanted to do the whole thing. So I just went in in the middle of the day. I asked a few questions and I paid the non-refundable several hundred dollar fee and signed us up. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Well, we got to our first class that night and it was packed with people and we were crammed in and... And honestly, we were thrown right into the deep end, spending 45 nonstop intense minutes punching and kicking a punching bag. It's not an exaggeration to say that I thought I was going to die. But Terry and I were sharing this bag with another woman who didn't even look like she was breaking a sweat, so I had to keep up just to protect my ego. And when the whole thing was over, Terry and I silently walked out to the car, and as soon as we got in, I looked over at Terry and I said, forget that, I am not doing that again. And Terry looked back and she said, we already paid hundreds of dollars to do this, so yes, you are. And she won. But what happened there was that I made a huge mistake. I knew there was gonna be a cost to getting in shape, but I thought that cost was the price we paid in the gym membership. And it wasn't. The real cost was paid out in the physical pain of unbearably sore muscles and gasping for breath as I tried to keep up with people who were 20 years older than me and yet in much better shape than I was. And not being able to stop or else I would look like the quitter in front of my whole class. See, my problem was that I didn't do the cost-benefit analysis to stop and figure out what the real cost was going to be. And just for the record, I was completely prepared to walk away from the hundreds of dollars that we paid in to never have to go do that workout again. Terry made me. So today we're starting a brand new series about just that, doing a cost-benefit analysis. But it's not about your budget or your finances or your money. We're gonna do a spiritual cost-benefit analysis to get a clearer picture of our spiritual cost of living. Remember, Everything has a cost, and that includes your spiritual life. The question is, what are we paying? Is it too much or too little? And is it worth the cost? 
And in Matthew chapter 8, Jesus talked to two of his followers about some specific costs of following him. But before we continue through the book of Matthew, we've been working through it for over a year, I want to take a short little detour because in Luke's gospel, Jesus taught directly and surprisingly about the cost of following him. So check this out in Luke chapter 14, verse 25. It says, a large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, if you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison hate everyone else. Your father and mother, your wife and children, your brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. But don't begin until you count the cost. Now, I read that, and, and that doesn't sound terribly Jesus-y, does it? I mean, if you want to be my disciple, you have to hate everyone else, including your family, I mean, everyone in Jesus' time, too, they knew that the cross was a tool of execution. People who carried crosses were convicts, carrying them to the place where they were going to be put to death. People who carried crosses were walking to their death. And to be Jesus' disciple, I have to be suicidal? I mean, to be honest, this kind of sounds like cult stuff to me. I mean, to be part of Christianity, I have to reject my family and drink the poison Kool-Aid. But get this. Jesus regularly said things to talk people out of following him. I mean, in John's gospel, Jesus said that his followers have to eat his flesh and drink his blood. And you'll never guess what happened next. In John 6, verse 66, at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Big shocker. See, Jesus taught really challenging things and he did it on purpose. And the reason he did it was because he knew that the cost of following him was more than the cost of following him. So let me explain this, okay? We rescued our dog Echo from a shelter. The cost of adopting Echo was $80. So if you asked me, how much did it cost to get her? The answer would be $80. Yes, that's right, very good. You're listening. But to say that Echo only cost $80 would be incomplete. Because we buy her food. We take her to the vet when she's sick or needs shots. We buy her pretty dog collars and sweaters in the winter to make her look cute and fancy because she deserves that. Check this out. It's estimated that the average dog costs around $1,200 a year to care for. Echo's around 14 years old, which means that her real cost, cost is closer to $16,800. Well, 16880 because adoption fee. For many disciples, the cost of following a rabbi is the time and the focus that it takes to get an education. But Jesus knew the cost to his followers would be higher. Like him, they would be hated and despised. They would be persecuted and killed. They would be rejected by their communities. Jesus knew that following him would be costlier than anyone expected. It would cost more than it cost. And he made those costs clear early on. I mean, it's the same reason that Farrells had their orientation class, so that potential members would know exactly what they were getting into. And in the same way, Jesus isn't looking to make instant customers. He's calling lifelong followers. And when we really understand the spiritual cost of living, we find this. The cost of following Jesus is higher than you think. Just like Echo, the cost of following Jesus is higher than you think.
And then Jesus makes this explosive statement about hating your family and walking to your death in order to follow him. And then after that, he elaborates on this, on counting the cost in Luke 14, verse 28 through 32. He says, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you, which is why I finished Farrell's. I didn't want everyone to laugh at me. And they would say, there's the person who started the building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. Now, I know that this passage is taught in church a lot in the context of money, but that's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is saying, look, it's common sense to do a cost-benefit analysis and evaluate how much something is going to cost before you jump into it. And in the same way, it's wise to know how much a house is going to cost before you build it. It's wise to count the spiritual cost of following Jesus before making professions and commitments that you're unable or unwilling to live up to. I mean, look at what Jesus said in conclusion to this. In, in Luke 14, he says, so you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. So let's get to the nitty gritty. What does this really mean? To follow Jesus, do I really need to hate my family, give up everything I own and plan to literally die? And if not, what is Jesus saying here? Because it would be easy to look at the cost and conclude that following Jesus just isn't worth it. But look at what he says about the benefit of following him. He says this in John 8, 8 12. He says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Benefit. Following Jesus leads to a life full of light and purpose. It's a life that comes, comes literally from the one who created life and knows how that life is best fulfilled. And then look at what Jesus said in John 8, 31 through 32. He says, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And when you do, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, the, a life following Jesus is a life of freedom. It's a life where we are no longer bound to our brokenness, but can be set free from the weight of guilt and shame. It's a life that's not full of darkness and confusion and doubt, but it's a, a life full of light and peace and hope. Because when everything is weighed out, in the end, the benefit of following Jesus outweighs the cost. And the beautiful irony of all of this is that anything we may be asked to sacrifice is made better because it was given to Jesus. When we surrender our lives and everything that matters most to us, when we surrender that to him, he gives it back better, stronger, and healthier. Jesus isn't asking us to literally hate our families, but to prioritize following him first. And even though that sounds scary and demanding, when we submit our families to him, it makes them better. I am a better husband and father when I put following Jesus over being a great husband and father. 
Because as the way of Christ takes hold in my life, it improves all of my relationships. It improves my family. When I am able to take up my cross and surrender everything to Jesus, including my own life, everything that falls under that is now placed in his hands. And as as his kingdom becomes more important to me, my kingdom is able to be better cared for by him because I've let it go. Jesus loves my family and my life more than I do, and he can and will do better for them than I could if I was holding on to them with a death grip. And in the act of surrendering my life to him and the things that I hold most important, surrendering those to him, I am actually living the light that leads to life into all of those things. I mean, we talk a lot about how God's grace is a free gift that is available to each and every single one of us, and it is free. Freedom from our sin and forgiveness is free. It comes with no strings or expectations except that we believe in Jesus and love our neighbor. But make no mistake, there is a cost that comes from following Jesus. And while it may be a cost that is higher than you think, the benefit far outweighs it. The truth of the matter is, is I hated working out at Farrell's. I had asthma attacks all the time in middle of my class. I could barely walk around for three months because my muscles were so sore. My daily schedule had to change to accommodate the classes. I couldn't eat junk food and it cost me a lot. And the cost of working out there was more than just the cost of the registration fee, but I loved it because I was in the best shape of my life. I felt strong, I felt disciplined. I felt like I could have that discipline and strength in any other area of my life. And in spite of what it took to get there, I felt the best that I ever have. But the benefit required the cost. The cost of following Jesus, it may seem high, but the benefit is always worth it. And over the next few weeks, we're going to flesh this out by talking about some examples when Jesus asked a high cost of his followers. And my hope is that you will find the courage to pay the cost of following Jesus and then receive the reward that comes around when your life is ordered around him. And before I let you go, I need to make sure you know that on the very last day of our Farrell's classes, I brutally sprained my ankle and tore a tendon. It was also the day in 2020 that all the lockdowns started in Illinois. Now, it's important to me that you know that, that I literally couldn't keep working out. And, And it's important to me that you know that that's the reason why I am no longer in good shape, okay? And it's also important to me that you know that it wasn't my fault. And I just wanted to close with that. So I love you, and I will see you next time. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.